This is Take Two. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in today to Canadians with Disabilities and Their Allies podcast, also known as PWD Allies podcast, on your favorite app where you find it available on Spotify. Uh, you can do it on Google Play, on your on your favorite app on iPhone if you're an iPhone user. Uh, definitely uh, check it out. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, thanks for uh, tuning in today, everyone. Uh, today is an overview of just current events that have been happening uh, across Canada. And as we know, uh, a lot of conflicts that are going on around the world. Uh, but, you know, we're right now we're focusing on Canada uh, for the Canadians with disabilities living well below the poverty level in Canada. Nobody uh, should be living well below the poverty level in Canada. Canada is a wealthy nation. They should be taking care of their citizens rather than uh, well, <laughs> with the new development, uh, Bill C-314 uh, got defeated in the House of Commons uh, uh, just this week. What, what's that one? Uh, that's the bill that uh, a lot of advocates across Canada have been uh, hoping that the federal government would, uh, you know, basically take not even a pause to completely take a step back and just, uh, you know, abolish it. What that is, it uh, allows people with mental uh, impairments uh, who are disabled um, or if they're not disabled that uh, they can go and seek uh, medical assistance in dying okay, which yeah. is uh, made. Uh, I, and, I heard uh, about that but I wasn't sure what, what the bill number was. Yeah, that takes effect uh, March of uh, 24, uh, 2024. So that basically means that anyone who has uh, PTSD, uh, they've got any mental health conditions, uh, um, anxiety disorders, you name it, they, uh, it's easier to uh, basically get approved. Uh, well, I mean, some people say, wow, I mean, rather than getting the necessary uh, resources and or financial supports to help them uh, sustain a, uh, a healthy, um, dignified life. Uh, in my view, uh, and this is only my view, um, if somebody's suffering from a uh, uh, a terminal illness um, that's un unincurable, and uh, then then yes, uh, that's fine. They can seek uh, made right. But if it's because of yeah, because the the government doesn't government or governments across Canada, provincial and federal, if they can't provide the proper resources and the financial security, they call it the social safety net right. Uh, that seniors get too. Um, then there's a problem uh, because right now it's. I mean, wow, it's over, what, three years ago when the Canada Disability Benefit that was promised uh, without delay to Canadians with disabilities across this nation. Uh, now we're still waiting 
and waiting. Uh, maybe another uh, minimum 18 months to two years. Uh, I think it's going to be election low carrot there, uh, Neil. I, I really do. I think it's a little, uh, you know, hey, vote for us, vote for us. Uh, and uh, we'll, we're going to implement it and we have your back. Don't worry. But in the meantime, maybe, the ins maybe, inst maybe instead of m money, they're just going to give us a little piece of carrot cake. Well, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll give you the option of, uh, you know, applying, applying for, for me and make it a little easier. Right. So the mm -hmm. ones that are you now that are going to tough it through and, um, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense like, of delaying the inevitable. Right. You promise something and you fall through. It's like me saying, uh, I promise to have a guest on and then the guest says, OK, yeah, I can come on. And I say, oh, yeah, no, I can't do it today. Uh, how about tomorrow? Well, yeah, but you promised to have me on. No, another day. And I, and I schedule in. I go, hey, Neil, yeah, let's get this guest scheduled on tomorrow. And no, no, we're going to delay the guest. Now, after a while. Yeah, and we should, we should say that uh, the fact that Joseph couldn't come on today was not your fault. It no, just, so, it no, just it so happened that uh, Joseph got called into work. And so we can't we can't begrudge him for that because he deserves to be able to work and earn money. So <laughs> exactly, you know, I, one thing that I, I've learned in life is uh, if you, you know, if my mom and I used to have this discussion all the time, so I'll just throw it out there. Is uh, my mom would say, Brent, don't procrastinate. If you're going to do something, just go and do it, mm -hmm. and don't delay it. Like don't keep saying, well, oh yeah, no, tomorrow, tomorrow, and tomorrow comes, and then oh no, put it off to another day, another day, another day. And that's like the, the Canada Disability Benefit. It's like, to me, it's excuses, excuses. I used to have these discussions on uh, when, once upon a time on Twitter Spaces when I used to do the open mic. You know, um, we used to get into a big debate you, you about it. You used to I, be on Twitter Spaces. I did, I did. <laughs> yeah, once upon a time, it seems so long ago in a far, far hmm. part of the galaxy, way back when. You know, people follow Star Trek; they'll, they'll understand. <laughs> I am your father, <laughs> but Luke, I am your father. But going back to the um, you know, open mics, you know, I, I look back at it and I, these are the discussions that I had because I was really skeptical and some people thought, well, why are you saying that? Like, you know, I'm supposed to be all for the Canada Disability Benefit. And I, I started seeing question marks of the trend and like, and there seems to be a delay and I thought, no, they're, they're not going to pass this thing. They're not going to pass it. They're going to use it as a carrot. You know, and I'm, you know, and I, anyone listening to this, uh, you know, the podcast, whenever it may be, you know, I'm sorry, like, I agree with all of you that, you know, and I'm on board with you uh, to get this kind of disability benefit going. But in the meantime, we need DERB, right? Uh, disability. Yeah, like, I mean, I was on, I was on record of, of supporting it too, but yeah. I, had, I had my concerns, like, um, you know, I, I was uh, kind of attacked for supporting it <laughs> a little bit. But like, but in truth, like I, I supported the idea of it, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like I was on record as, as supporting the idea of it. It was like, it's, it's a great idea. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and I, I saw the potential, like I, I was hoping, I'm, I'm hoping that it'll be, be good. I, I have... I see yeah. the p potential in it. I hope that it's good. Yep. And one of the potential things I see in it is um, the potential that, as a result of the CDB, that they'll, the governments, the provincial governments, will be forced at that point to eliminate all clawbacks. So that is one of those things that potentially mm -hmm. I see big potential in. But I'm not like a big rah 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 guy because yeah. I'm, you know, I'm I'm I've, I've got red flags. I got you know, going off all over the place. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, but uh, 
you know, it, it is what it is. So, so for anybody that, that would say that, oh, you know, why are you always trumpeting, trumpeting the CDB? Well, you know, the only reason why we trumpet the CDB is because it was, it's in the news, it's, it's front and center. But mm-hmm. at, the end, at the end of the day, like, I still have my reservations about it. There's still a lot that we don't know. I mean, it's, yeah. it's an unfunded, it's an unfunded bill right now. Yeah, it's know? empty. It's, it's an empty a, bill. It's an empty bill. The framework is empty. You know, it, it, it's just like saying you're going to sign on to the the CRPD and then and then do nothing. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, kinda, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that, right? So it's like oh yeah, and we know how many years that's been already. Yeah, you could, and it's been like what twelve or thirteen years. Thirteen um, years. Yeah. It's been thirteen years since they signed on, yeah. and what have they done since? It's been zero. Cricket. It's been zero crickets, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's like yeah, we we've signed to it, but we're not gonna we're not being gonna, we're not gonna commit to it. Like, ima- <laughs> imagine, like, <laughs> you know? imagine if you got married to somebody and you say, oh, "I'm gonna marry you." Um, you know, you you get engaged to somebody and let, let's get let's get married. Let's get you know. So you get engaged and you wait for 13 years and, and counting and you're still engaged. You, I will get I will get married to you. I promise. I will get married to you and you're still waiting 13 years later. And they still haven't put a ring on it, you know. It's kind of yeah, like, yeah. It's kind of like that. Well, exactly. I mean, that, that's like the say the Canada Disability Benefit. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, we promised it, but you know, eventually we're going to get it out there. But uh, you know, sorry that you're suffering uh, financially, uh, emotionally. Uh, but we have we have help on the way for you. Uh, but yeah, we're not going to give you derb, or, uh, which is. But, uh, but in the meantime, in the meantime, continue to kill yourselves. Yeah, exactly, because it will make it easier for you. Uh, is basically what the federal government's saying, uh, and it's just it's it's not the Canada that I remember growing up. No. It's definitely not the Canada I remember. No. Um, uh, definitely, things have changed, and it can change back. I I actually wanted to see the uh, the House of Commons do a revote. I I do. I, I really want them to do a revote on that bill, um, and the uh, the MPs who voted down. Really? Why did you vote down? Like. Don't you want to recognize citizens within your constituency across the Canada? I mean, that we know that's supposed to be good. I mean, welcoming people to, hey, let's let's be in Canada because we're a great country. Mm-hmm. Well, showing an example of voting no basically means that you don't care. You don't care about your citizens. Like, yeah, um, how many people that, that would look at that bill and go, yeah, um, you know, I'm really suffering. And uh, that, that's just going to kill. That's just going to kill myself because I'm now eligible to go and do that. I mean, it, I'm not. It, it is eugenics. I mean, we have to say, yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, there's no it's way terrible. to sugar, sugarcoat it. Right. I mean, you yeah. can say, well, you know, made sounds very inoffensive. You know, uh, if you just say, oh, made, it's only made. But then you <laughs> then you look at what it stands for. Medical assistance in dying. And even that sounds it's kind of like a soft softball pitch right <laughs> but i mean let's face let's face it it's suicide it is You're, it is you, it's 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 legalized suicide and i mean and again i mean i'm not gonna get all religious because if people get yeah. offended by religion uh but the fact of the matter is is i am a christian and um you know as a christian man i get very offended with the idea that you know, everybody can just go kill themselves with the approval of a doctor because, right. you know, I, I'm sorry, but I believe that 
life is more important than that you know that um we have a creator that that gave us life and he has the he has the authority he you know he brought us into this world and he has the authority to take us out to take and, us out yeah and, and he's yeah. he's got the only authority to take us out nobody else right you know yeah and, and, and i and again i mean that's my opinion and i mean people can yeah. people can differ but but that's yeah, why I, i'm that's why i'm so against it right yeah, and I remember when when I you know when I grew up uh, you know going to uh, Sunday school. I used to go to Sunday school and go to church, and uh, for many years. And you know, one thing that I I always stood by, uh, and it always stuck in my mind was exactly what we're talking about now. Neil is, uh, you know, God basically put us on this earth for a reason. Yeah. There's a purpose of, of why every single person is here. They have uh, whatever reason that is. I mean, God knows why why we're all here and i mean to the greatest potential that whatever it is that we can do in society uh everyone has their own uh knack for something right is it is it that they they want to do podcasts you yeah. know is it that they want they love communication is it that they love the their people person uh is it that they love doing crafts um and there's some amazing people by the way that and i'm not promoting uh you know Twitter, like for Elon's uh, little uh, X or whatever it is, but there, there's some amazing people that are on there um, that promote crafts. If you're looking for crafts people, um, definitely if you have an account on Twitter, and I'll call it Twitter until, until the, the, mm -hmm. the day it is, um, there's people on there that are promoting crafts, definitely check it out because uh, that's your hobby. Um, there's a lady on there, um, Elaine, I, I believe uh, her name is, and uh, Awesome, awesome crafts that she makes. Um, check it out. Uh, I mean, do you enjoy cutting lawns? I mean, maybe that's what you love to do. You love to, you're a handyman. You you love to keep busy using your hands, uh, doing weed eating, uh, whatever it is, uh, driving a bus. Maybe you're a bus driver. Uh, you enjoy uh, that customer service, but getting people from point A to point B. Is it you love working on the on the ferries, BC ferries? I mean. It doesn't matter whatever it is. Are you a, a weather enthusiast? And there's lots of them but, on. But on but, but even even those. I mean, let's let's. I mean, I've said before too. I mean, um, that we we know that a lot of the world is based on work, right? Because yeah, w whenever you meet somebody for the first time, what's often the very first question that you ask somebody when you first meet them? Often, yeah. What do you do? Yeah, what do, you do? Besides, like, what's your name? The yeah. very next question after what's your name is, what yep. do you do for a living, you, right? So yeah, exactly. that, that proves that we're, we are a very, very work-centric society mm -hmm. where it's like we value work above everything else. And it's, I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But at some, at some point, you have to realize that it's, people have value just as people and it, 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 yeah. it doesn't have, they don't have to be tied. Their value doesn't have to be tied to their work. I mean, exactly. I mean, know. it's like you have mothers and fathers who are, who uh, they, they are at home and they take care of their, their loved ones. Uh, whatever it is, are they caregiving? Are they looking after uh, their, their little toddlers at home? I mean, yeah, that's what they do. Or, like, there's so many uh, aspects of, of yeah, like like work doesn't have to be tied to who you are. It's like, mm -hmm. well, this is this is your job. Well, this is who you are. That's what you need to be doing. Well, no, 
that's not what you need to be doing. You can be doing whatever you want to do, but be given the proper financial income for whatever it is at, uh, in order in order to buy what you need in in the in the economy, like uh, you know your your business around you to keep, to support whatever it is. Um, and you, you know, know I, you, yeah. Uh, and and oh, sorry, I was just going to say, and you know, since I I became heavily invested on all this advocacy stuff. You know, even before you got me involved in this podcast, yeah. um, you know, I, I I did do, like I said, about six or seven years with the uh, Sam Sullivan Disability Foundation. And mm-hmm. in that time, I, like, I was around a crap load of people with disabilities, talking to them uh, one-on-one, face-to-face, mm-hmm. got to know all of their problems and, and limitations that are no fault of their own, as you like to say. Um, and, and some of the limitations are their, are their disability, but some of those, um, limitations are the fact that say, for example, like I've said before, they, they, they can't get out of bed because their carrier doesn't show up. Um, or some of the limitations are that they just don't get enough, uh, they don't get enough support, uh, you know, and that, and, and that there we can blame the government, uh, because, you know, I've I've ha- I've heard countless stories of, of of people like are starving themselves, not eating, or if or if they are eating, they're not eating, they're not eating properly, um, or they're in a really unsafe, unhealthy um, housing environment with with uh, in all kinds of bugs or rodents or like if, like oh, I said, yeah. smelly carpets, the whole the whole gamut, right? And I oh, mean, yeah. you know, or your fruit flies too, you know, you yeah. get. You get massive fruit flies that are all over the place, and that's unhealthy too. And, uh, but you know what? I, what I was gonna say is, like, um, you know, it, at the end of the day, like I said, it, it's about valuing the person because even a person without any job, um, there's so many great people out there that I've met personally. Uh, and it's it's literally been hundreds. I've literally literally met hundreds, of, and this we're talking one on one relationships yeah. with these hundreds of people, and um, they're great. And oh yeah, a, a lot of them have never you know were trying to get a job, but had never held a, held a job. But I mean, yeah. they're still. You talk to them, and you realize they're still contributing a heck of a lot to society because you yep. you, you learn about their stories and you learn oh, about, you learn about how well connected they are to the rest of their family and community and friends and what a huge support they are to other people so you you yeah. rem, you remove that one person and all of a sudden all it's just like a domino effect we've always talked about domino effects right you remove yeah, that one, one door down and then you rem- yeah. remove, the, remove that one person and all of a sudden everything else crumbles right so even if this one person doesn't have have a job they're still upholding so many other relationships you know yep. you you can they're, they're network they're networked with with other yeah. people and a job should never define on who the person is uh, i've always stood behind that one even since i was a little just a little uh, kid and my next door neighbor uh, I used to call him old man Walters and uh, hey you kids get out of my wood my wood pile there and we'd build a little fort inside and he used to get so mad with us and hey come and find us mister you know uh, 
but he, he taught me one thing. He says, uh, a job, because I said, well, can I cut your lawn? And he says, I don't know, can you? And I said, well, okay. So I, I cut his lawn, but then, of course, I'd suffer from allergies, and, of course, my eyes would just be poofed right up. And I said, oh, do, I, do I have to do that? He says, no, you only do that if you want to cut my lawn. And, of course, many uh, decades and decades ago, Neil, I mean, money, uh, you know, $5 bill, wow. You know, you thought it was, you were it was a lot. It. It was a, it was lot. a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, wow. He says, here's $5. For, for $5? For $5, I could have bought 20 chocolate bars. Imagine yeah. that. $5, yeah. 20 chocolate bars, no tax. Exactly. There was no tax. And people <laughs> said, what? Tax? Oh, yeah. I could buy a bag of chips uh, for 35 cents. I could get a chocolate bar for 25 cents. I could get a. Um, a five uh, three hundred and fifty milliliter bottle of pop. Okay, yeah, so that's right. And uh, anyway, I could get it for thirty five cents, so it came to a dollar five. And yeah. so I'd give the store um, a dollar bill. Yeah, paper bill. That's what we had then. Paper bills. We didn't have no loop. <laughs> so uh, you know, I, I would just go into a paper route. So I dropped a you know a dollar down. Okay, Brent, just bring it back once you've done your paper route, and um, I won't charge you the five cent deposit. Mm -hmm. No problem. So I drop it off, and they were busy. Yeah, just put it in our little. Uh, we have a little storage room, so just drop it off there, and then I won't bill you. So perfect, right? Three mm -hmm. items, yeah. no tax, one dollar. Yeah. Now you can't even buy one of those items for one dollar, and you get yeah. charged that tax and enviro fee now too, and and a uh, deposit. And now, if you're not accessibility wise, if you're not near a bottle depot, you can now not even take those uh, bottles and cans back. So what do you do? Like in my building, they have a storage bin now. It's put out in the back. Yeah, you can just deposit it in there, but you don't get your money back. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, we just get a bag. I got a big, giant, glad uh, garbage bag there. And I just throw it all in there. And once in a while, Sonia's parents will come by to visit. They have to drive all the way from Nanaimo, which is uh, almost a two-hour drive. They can do it. You can get it done uh, with... Not a lot of traffic if it's low volume. It can be done in about an hour and hour and forty minutes, hour and a half, hour and forty. Mm -hmm. But taking transit out there takes a lot longer. And I'm going to dive into that section just in a moment <laughs> there, because everyone who doesn't see me on the podcast knows that I'm really, really uh, just riled up when it comes to uh, transportation and accessibility. Uh, being trapped in your community that just sucks, <laughs> you know. Uh, but anyway, so they have to drive all the way up here, and they come by to visit and take us out for lunch or dinner or whatever, and they'll take the whole bag of pop cans and stuff. Why? Because I find that the bottle depot is just not accessible for me. I can't be hauling two, uh, two or three big bags onto a bus. Um, it's just not going to happen. Bus drivers don't like that anyway. And even if they did like that, the uh, bottle depot that I go to is just not accessible. Uh, up all the way up a, a steep ramp, all up to their building and metal carts and you've got to hold it up that way and on an angle if they're really busy and you've got to sort it all yourself and yeah it's definitely not uh not good and also there's unfortunately there's a lot of um, um homeless people that are unfortunately they uh when i say homeless people the ones that are uh are drug addicted um and they need uh, some uh, mental supports to help them uh, in society, um, they're around there, uh, and they last like last time we went, they tried to actually stealing uh, two of our bags like uh, that we had. We had just finished 
uh, bringing them in and they were unloaded from uh, Sonia's parents' vehicle. They dropped us off. Mm-hmm. And so they had put them on the sidewalk. We turned around to go and grab more out and they were ready to they'd take them away on us. Mm-hmm. Like, that's ours. I'm, excuse me? That, no, actually, we actually collected them. We're actually taking them in right now. And uh, yeah, but... You know, so that, that's, those are the, yeah. that's two things that uh, just... In, in the news uh, recently, there's been uh, stats where they, they said that um, two things, like they said, said homeless, home, homelessness up, uh, amongst uh, the elderly group is mm. up to like 20, I think it's 20 or 25 percent now. And compared, compared, just to, to, compared to just a few years ago, it was only like, uh, it was like less than 10 percent. So it's like it, over doubled, yes, and and it, uh, and also too, you're, you're hearing a lot of stories about uh, shoplifting now, and oh, all these huge. stores, all these stores now. Like uh, the big one is the um, London Drugs, London Drugs uh, downtown, the downtown store. I love yeah. London Drugs. London Drugs <laughs> is one of my favorite stores. In fact, if if we could, if they could sponsor us, I would like have London Drug stuff all over them because I it's just oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a store that I love because and one of the reasons why is just this, it's one of those few stores that I mean they have a crap load of like camera equipment stuff and I I, oh. I, I love cameras and it's like yeah. I would always go into uh, London Drugs if I, if there was a new camera that came out or a new lens I would they'd have all the whole calendar and you could just mm-hmm. you could just play with all the all the new shit on the in that in the like or even their phone section they have like oh and all their phones and stuff phones yeah i I, I would just cordless ones i would go in there and like basically just almost like for an hour like play with lenses and cameras and stuff and i mean it's great and but i mean i should get back to my point they're thinking about closing the store because of shoplifting it's, yeah, yeah, staff are really it, scared. For it's their, getting uh, for their so, so, so bad that big name stores are saying, screw it, we have to close the store. It's getting so bad, we have to pull mm-hmm. out and close the store down. On the news, uh, it was indicated that uh, the London Drugs, the one that you're mentioning, Neil, uh, is at, uh, in downtown Vancouver on Granville and Georgia Street. Uh, yeah. And that, I know I, that's my favorite uh, London drug store to go to when I go to oh, Vancouver. For sure. yeah. And there's a there's a lady working in there, and Sonia said that we saw on the news she was, she's still there. And yeah, last time mm-hmm. when we were down there, she was still working. Oh yeah, yeah. and same lady. She's been there for decades. Yeah. Uh, and some of the employees were so scared for their just for their own safety. They it's got to a point where they say, you know what, just they, they just take it. They just go. And uh, some of them at first were saying that, that you know, please uh, don't, please don't take anything. So they say, okay, fine. And so they put it back, and then they turn, they turn around and they lunge at the employee, and with a hatchet. Yeah. Um. So that's and that's and, and why is this stuff happening? Why is it happening, Brent? It's it's very simple. It's because mm-hmm. people are getting desperate. Because they have no money. And why do they have no money? Is yep. because of government-imposed legislated poverty. That is a huge thing. I mean, I'm not going to lay the whole thing at the government's feet. I mean, it's not everybody that's disabled and, and on government assistance, of course. Well, because it's all... It's, all but, pink, it's a pink unicorn. Yes. Kind of a... You know, 
But if the government step in and at least help the, the, the most vulnerable, the ones that are on assistance now, that would, that would solve a lot of problems. You know? Yeah, there's another there's another part that I want to kind of add on to what you're mentioning too is, I mean, the, I mean our our podcast is, is all about Canadians with disabilities, um, you know, and and the, you know their their allies is is uh, who uh, who that affects like uh, family members or people that that know of people with disabilities, but it's also too Neil that it's um you know on the um a lot of the, that we don't talk a lot about on our podcast but i i just kind of wanted to throw a little bit in there to add on to uh to our podcast uh just for people that are listening going well yeah but i know somebody who's on income assistance so people that are on income assistance across canada in british columbia and across canada there's different provinces that will call it a new fancy name like well you know, we'll call it a different pink unicorn. We'll, we'll spruce it up. We'll call it OW, like uh, Ontario Works, yeah. OW. ODSP or H. Yeah, ODSP and H. And, and then on H is in Alberta. So whatever they call their income assistance, I you know, they can call it a fancy name where we can polish it up and spruce it up. But there's a lot of people that have disabilities that are on the basic assistance. And then the government says, yeah. We need you to do a work search. We need you to provide the address to the employer, phone number. When was the last time that you contacted them? Meanwhile, they can't work. They're trying to get onto disability because they are disabled and they have limitations. Um, maybe no fault of their own. Maybe a lot of things happen in their life that are personal for themselves. And that is individual, individual based, personal experience, lived experience. And the government has no business contradicting a person's well-being for who they are if a doctor has signed off on them as a designated person with a disability just because they are still sitting on uh, basic income assistance but is pending for the government to look at the file and saying okay yeah you meet the criteria yeah. well and then, you, like you know, in in 2002 in 2002 yeah. you had somebody named Gordon Campbell who mm who just kind of arbit oh, yeah. arbitrarily just stepped in and said, you know what, I know I know more than the medical doctors. Mm -hmm. I know more than anybody anybody in the medical field. I know I know more than anybody that has a disability yep. with the with the lived experience. I know it all. So I'm going to yep. force everybody in the province with a physical disability, screw the doctors, Screw the people that are living with the disabilities that know better. I know better. I'm going to force everybody to get reassessed because yep. I I know better. I'm Mr. Gordon Campbell, and nobody else knows it like I do. You know, yep. and nobody, yeah, yeah, nobody can contradict because I'm the premier of yeah. uh, British Columbia, and and, uh, and I'm sorry, but that is bullshit to the highest level. Yep. You know. And, yet, and, and, yeah. and we have bullshit like that going on all the time. And I, I'm and I, I'm sorry. He's another one. If I saw him to his like to his face, I would not be polite to him. You know, I, you know, I, I, they, I wouldn't be like you know. Well, that, well, I'm that, sorry. You know, the, the premier at that time put me through a lot of um, raised my anxiety level. I was going through a lot of uh, personal issues dealing with my mother at the time. My mom. Uh, she I should clarify. Uh, I had a mom and a mother. I had two. I had a biological mother and I had an adopted mother. But my mom was my mom who I who I grew up with. And 
I had to deal with a transition where uh, she was uh, being kicked out of her home that she had lived at since I was a toddler. She was renting, uh, but she had to deal with our landlord and she could always stay there as long as she took care uh, of the upkeep of the home. And uh, if something broke down, she would have to go and get, uh, you know, a contractor or some other company to come and fix something if she couldn't fix it on her own. And it was great. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, the owner passed away and the daughters took over the home. And But they claimed that they were going to be moving into the home. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, far-fetched because there was a loophole in the Tenancy Act in British Columbia that says if you have as somebody who's of a family member is going to be moving in and within three months they haven't moved in, well then, hey. But they claimed that they were going to be moving into the home. So my mother was being evicted, rent, uh, uh, not even rental evicted, but just evicted because a family member of uh, the owner was moving into the home, wanted to be closer to the hospital for health reasons. Went to arbitrary, uh, fought it. Unfortunately, my mother lost on it because of that reason. There's a loophole in it. Um, and I said, if you do this, my mother's health is going to deplete down. She's already a senior. She's already getting way up there in age. Let her live her last you know decades uh and i thought at that time decades of uh, that she's going to be you know around till probably because of because of my mom's health condition neil uh at the time um she had uh alzheimer's mm -hmm. and she had dementia she had developed that and it's a devastating condition that i would not wish that on anybody uh i went through a lot of um personal anguishing at the time because I didn't know how to deal and cope with it. I went and talked to my family doctor. Uh, he referred me over to uh, another doctor to sit down for counseling to understand that it, it's okay, Brent. Like, it's okay that this is uh, this is life. And so I became to understand that it was okay, but work with my mom the best way I could. Uh, so I had a lot of supports around me. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, while I was going through that, I got a letter in the mail stating that your file is being re reassessed. You need to get reassessed to be to determine are, are you still eligible to receive disability assistance in the province of British Columbia as we, a designated we, we're, disabled we're, person. We're wondering if you've been miraculously healed from your... Yeah, uh, so, yeah and that's what my doctor yeah, said, Brent. Yeah. He says, did your disabilities go away and why are you here? And they were beyond themselves. I know, I know I've mentioned this before on other podcasts that I've talked about this uh, and I look back at this and I, I no, like nothing's changed. I'm, I'm who I am. I mean, uh, why did something change? Well, according to the government, they want me to refill out all these forms, Brent. I don't have any, says I'm part of my language and listen to and listening to this. I don't normally swear and curse on my own show, but my doctor said this in quotes, what the fuck is wrong with the provincial government? He says, what the hell is wrong with them? Do they have their heads up their ass? And that came from my family here's, doctor. Here's the swear jar right here. The swear jar. I could not believe what my doctor said. And he was swearing the language that came out of his mouth after. I was told to go to McDonald's and go and have some lunch. Well, I couldn't, couldn't get lunch. Why? Because they took my income away for a period of time until I was going to be reassessed. So I had no income. Imagine, then mm. people think, well, okay, listening to this podcast, then how did you get to your doctor's office? How? I actually had a, um, a pass to get me up there um, by taking a handy dart. 
Now, at the time, I had that pass. Now, I was going through a uh, the reassessment, so guess what? I didn't even have that now because I had. Mm -hmm. They cut me off of all all transportation. I didn't have a bus pass. I didn't have any means because I wasn't eligible. So I had to pay. I had to borrow some money from my neighbor. Can I have some money to put in there? So I thought I had my pass, but it wasn't invalid. It wasn't working, the bus driver said. So mm -hmm. I couldn't even use it on it. So I had to pay money. Uh, of course, how do you pay that back when you got no money coming in? Why well, to go and collect some pop bottles? So I paid back my neighbor to go, and I, and then where I was living, it put um, my neighbor. Um, well, I called my neighbors upstairs because I was renting the basement suite, uh, and uh, their mortgage was getting paid, partially paid, well, majority, I guess, partially majority, paid by the by the rent they were collecting. I wasn't able to pay rent. So now the, the lady that I was running from she, from, she was on maternity leave. She was a nurse. It put them into financial distress. Uh, and if I hadn't paid within a, another, within the next month, I was going to be evicted. And guess where I would have been? On the street. So I wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. I don't know where I would have been at that time. Um, and, I couldn't and, be back to my mom. And let's, and let's just pause. Sorry, Brent, but I, I yeah. just want to pause there because... You know, you just kind of hit a critical nail on the head there. Um, when you talk about, like, you're basically explaining the trickle-down effect yeah. of, of you, you're being placed in a really vulnerable position. That, and that's, yep. what, that's what poverty does. You, it puts people in a vulnerable position. But not only that, it doesn't just put you in a vulnerable position. It put it put the homeowners in a vulnerable position. Oh, it was huge. And, it and, was bad. And let's let's rewind the conversation we were having about about London Drugs having to close. Yeah, um, same thing. It's the but same. The it's the same thing. It's it's the it's all of the theft that's happening because people are desperate. They're in poverty. It's affecting <laughs> big businesses and all those employ employees. Uh, yeah. It's the trickle down effect, right? I, I mean, for government, oh, for government to say, for government to say that poverty doesn't matter. Oh, it matters um, huge. Uh, you know, it, and, it and, and so it's like we'll, we'll keep the poor poor. It doesn't matter. What what matters is to give all these, uh, you know, tax breaks to all of all of the billionaires. That's what matters. Well, poverty matters a shitload because if you keep people in poverty you're you're making people desperate they they commit crimes that means you're up, mm -hmm. you're upping the crime budgets you're you're keeping people less healthy which means you're impacting medical uh, like hospital budgets you're you're impacting yep. um, you're impacting landlords that can't uh, that can't pay their mortgages because people aren't paying their rents you're, yeah, and like, what and what happened with it though is uh, the uh, the old homeowners it got to a point where they had to cut back on their own food budget in mm -hmm. order to because now the husband her her husband he uh, he, he worked at, at a uh, you know company A I'll just call it company A here mm -hmm. uh, and it put them into a financial distress where the income that they were supposed to be bringing in was supposed to be for their household income and. For uh, to drive the vehicle around, gas, insurance, everything else, right? They just your cost of living. Well, now they had to cut out of a lot of the, uh, their food budget out 
in order to compensate to cover their mortgage because I'm supposed to be paying part of their mortgage. Right. Uh, my roommate at the time lost uh, lost the job that was supposed to be you know, bad timing on that too. Yeah, and I lost the job, so now I have no money coming in. So now you got no money coming in from their from the basement suite. Yeah. So it was a point where uh, I was told by the by the um, the, the lady, uh, and she was on maternity leave. She was going to be having her child soon, and she says, "Okay, you might have you may have to move back to your mother's rent or back to your mom's." And I said, uh, "That's not possible. I guess I'll have to go on the street if the government." can't uh, get or get it together okay well you've got one month to figure it out i'm thinking oh my god so i phoned the government well no we're still assessing the situation uh you'll have to be patient brent we're waiting for your doctor's documentation to come back i said oh okay so what do you want me to tell the owners where where i'm living be patient uh don't pay your mortgage go into default lose the home and i'm gonna go on the street but be patient and well no don't don't think of it that way i said oh how am i not supposed to think of that way have no income can't take transit, can't get around. Um, and so I guess the moral of the story on that is I, uh, I got re-approved. Re mm -hmm. So then uh, going forward, uh, you know, when I, I go to rent somewhere and it's like the landlord will say, okay, so uh, can I have a, can I see your reassessment or your, what are you, what are you assessed for as a designation? Now it shows when my file is open. Well, no, my file was open decade beforehand. Yeah. Which, which doesn't really mean too much, but the fact is, is that it sh I should not have had to go through that anguishing um, pain and suffering. And I told this to my mom at the time, because um, so I went by and, and her, uh, uh, after I got um, reinstated, they retroacted back some income to me. So almost I felt like, oh my God, I got a raise. Well, no, it was actually my money, but the majority of it had to go to my landlord which it was almost like a windfall to them. They're like, yay, we can mm -hmm. actually pay our, our bills. Mm -hmm. um, I had a lump sum that was given back to me as a retroactive uh, based on inflation at the time. Yeah, go figure inflation, but now they still won't tire rates to inflation. Yeah. So I got a little bit. It helped me buy some more groceries. I was able to take my mom out for lunch. Um, my mom's favorite place, we went to a little uh, 50s, 60s diner. No, she loved it. She loved it. Um, Oh, oh, yeah, I know you. Uh, yes, how, how you? Oh, now I imitate How are you doing, sir? Oh, boy, you're sure growing up tall. I remember when you were just a young guy. Uh, and she had a good name for her names, too. Brent, right? I go, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cheesy bugger and fries. Oh, you bring mama in. I go, yeah. A uh, cup of tea, right? No coffee. Oh, you had to throw me off. I go, me milkshake for me. Uh, hang on. Uh, strawberry. I go, wow, you got a good memory. Okay, cheesy bugger, uh, fry and strawberry, dodge. Yeah, good for you. Uh, milkshake's gonna be bigger than you, Brent. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, so I took her in and I told her what was going on. My mom was livid. My mom was livid. And uh, it always stuck in back of my mind where one thing that she it said, and I, I brought it forward a few times where, and I guess that's the theme that I always go with on the podcast. And I, I talk about lived experience because. My mom says, only you, Brent, know what your capabilities are. I know what your capabilities are, but only you really know what you can and cannot do. Do doctors, they they can think that they know what's best for you, but they only make, they you make know. an educated guess, yeah. Yeah. Because if you're pain and suffering, well, where is the ache coming from? They can only guess where it might be coming from, but what is causing it or 
um, or I think one thing my doctor always said to me too was, okay, well, why do you want to apply for disability um, uh, uh, assistance sprint? I go, because my mom feels that uh, I'll be well protected in case that I can't do the uh, kind of employment that I was doing at the time and go figure, knock on wood, that that actually happened because mm -hmm. he says it, it, it will happen, um, hopefully not anytime soon and sure enough he was right. Uh, but like I say, a job shouldn't justify who a person is anyway, mm -hmm. right? So um, going back, I, I remember saying to him about that and he said, okay, he goes, you know that it used to be a pension rent. It used to be a pension. I go, no. He goes, oh yeah, it used to be a pension. I don't know why the government changed it. I mean, what what changes? A person's life doesn't change. It's who they are. A pension is a pension. I mean, look at seniors. They have a pension. A, a GIS, Guaranteed Income Supplement. Uh, o, OAS. Uh, o, but apparently, OAS. apparently, if you have a pension, it can be yeah. turned into a pink unicorn, like the one behind your pink head. Unicorn, right here, everyone. There's a pink unicorn right behind me. And I have it that now. gobbles up pensions and spits them out yeah. and, and makes them into nothing. Yeah, and people probably wonder why. And, the, and, the, and they'll say pension, pension, what pension? I don't see a what pension. pension. Poof, gone. It just poof magically disappears or magically appears. <laughs> it's on what the government uh, of the day wants to look at policies, and policies can be changed. Uh, you know, so um, I guess uh, to conclude on that on that one topic uh, regarding what I went through is. So the government said, uh, okay, so you can just go and pay your landlord. So I did. And I was warned that if that happens again, if it ever happens again, I would have to move back to my mom's. And I said, no, no, it won't happen again. How do you know that? How do you know that the government's not going to go and screw around? And this is a, was a registered nurse. Just mm -hmm. at the time that I was renting from, she goes, how do you know that the government won't screw around? I mean, they messed with our livelihood rent. They messed with your livelihood. You mm -hmm. couldn't even go and see your mom, who your mom is going to be having to go into a home that I was putting my mom into a home at the time, you guys. Eventually, we were making the transition because we had put her into a different house that she was living, that she had to move into. She hated it with a passion. Um, her dementia and uh, uh, Alzheimer's was kicking in at the time. She called it the dungeon. She didn't like it. It had, it had a brick wall on the one side, wood on the other side, but a brick wall. She couldn't put pictures up because they, they wouldn't stay on brick. On the wood, it was so so solid, no pictures would stay up on it. Mm -hmm. So she got tape. My brother came along and put tape and taped up pictures mm -hmm. to make it look home. You know, his home, I guess, is he could make it feel for her. But here's the kicker, I guess, to to finish off on that that part of the segment is that the government even said, yeah, you may have to, yeah, you know, they, your landlord's right, you may have to move back home. I go, I can't. Why? Because it's based on household income. If I, and I, I couldn't, I had, that's why I actually moved out. Because uh, eventually my brother ended up moving back home. Well, first, I was actually living with my mom. My mom applied for old age uh, security. Mm -hmm. Now she applied for SAFERS. Safers for people who don't know what that is, it's a um, it's a subsidized income that for seniors uh, where they can still live in their same home. They don't have to live under a government supportive housing. They can still live in their same residence that they've always lived in. If they love their place, they don't want to move. They love their community. Um, so my mom got it, but it, the criteria was is based on the household income. So because my 
my income at the time um, from provincial disability and my mom's pension, it was getting pretty close to that threshold amount. And then it did get to that threshold amount. Um, and then so my brother's income, it would actually balloon it up above. So it was uh, all three of us could not live so in one household. So it came to a point where the government said, one of you unfortunately is going to have to move. My mom goes, Brent has to stay. My brother was more independent. He was able to uh, look after himself. He's just his own individual uh, self. Uh, <clears throat> that's that's fine. It worked out good for him. And so, unfortunately, he ended up having to move back. And I, I ended up moving with with a friend of mine. Uh, and I thought, good, because I kind of, my mom, I loved her very much, but I just could not live under the same household any longer with her. It was time for me to move on and grow my wings and just be who I am. Uh, and my mom wanted that for me. And she was frustrated, because, but the system wouldn't let her have all three of us. And I said, I'm fine with that, mom. She goes, are you okay? Are you, are you sure you're going to be okay? I go, I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. I will be okay. I said, I will have to be okay because eventually something happens to you in life. I'm going to have to learn that I'm going to have to just be okay. And she goes, okay. So I moved. My brother moved back for a while. Uh, then eventually we had to have to put her into a home. So I visited her a lot. Um, I had, of course, I had my bus pass back. Everything was fine. Yeah, I had the $45 a year bus pass back, but I also had my own bus pass. People say, well, yeah, you get around. Well, yeah, I've got mine to the, uh, through the CNIB because um, I am registered with them. Um, so it got to a point where um, I had to get some stuff updated. So I got all that taken care of. So for me, I'm fortunate that I can still get around. So I saw her. And we, uh, I spent a lot of quality time with her, but her health diminished because of government's choices that they did. Uh, my mom explained that to me too, that she said that she noticed that her health was starting to go down. Uh, she didn't know what was going on as it's part of your condition, but it escalated. It escalated things faster for her than it needed to be. And her, uh, she, was, she was only 80 years old, Neil. Um, she died six days before her 81st, 81st birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it always stuck in my mind because uh, her, her birthday was on the 27th. Mine's on the 27th. Mm-hmm. But hers was in July. Mine's in September. So it was always that favorite day that, that her and I would, would say, hey, ah, yeah, 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 yours is just a few more months later, right? So yeah, mm-hmm. August, September. So yeah, two more months, right? Yeah. So uh, it was it was uh, good memories. I uh, I cherish and all the memories that I had with her, and I I want people to understand that like cherish the memories that you have with your loved one that's around you, um, because you just never know. And when the government when they imposed that when they turned voted down the C fourteen, it really um, is really bothersome because like my mom was going through all that pain and suffering. Imagine imagine. Okay, just imagine for a moment, folks, that if that was available when my mom was still around, my mom was pain and suffering, but she could have just went and said, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go and apply for that. She didn't want to. She could have applied for that because of her condition. Um, she didn't have a terminal illness, though. Yeah. 
she and, was healthy as can be though like and, she and, rode her and to me that's not that's just not right yeah right i mean yeah, right I mean, like i said there's, there's a higher authority and uh you know the higher authority of god is should yeah. be the one that says i mean you know i always tell everybody that i meet that's willing to listen is like you kind of you kind of alluded to it too is that the only reason why i'm still here and the only reason why you're still here and the only reason why everybody everybody anybody's still here is because yeah. god still wants you here that's the truth whether you whether you want to believe it or not that is the truth that i'm still here and you're still here Brent, and everybody else is still here is because god wants you here so so for a government and to to put the to put the onus on a doctor to say you know what this doctor is going to overrule it's going to overrule what god wants mm -hmm. to me that it's not it's not proper like as a, again as a christian man i have a real hard problem right. with that right i i, I just yeah. do so yeah and, and you know and that's um it's something that it's uh it's unavoidable when when governments make these these policy so-called policy decisions when they want to push through a bill uh i think there was 167 i believe mps who said nay 150 said yay yeah. like really like uh and you know and i'm not going to point out uh, different uh mps who voted no but there was a couple that I, I stood out there um and i saw the list the other day and i i didn't you know you guys anyone who's listening to this now i i was disgusted i was very disgusted i didn't even repost it somebody had brought it to my attention could you you know please repost this i didn't i was done i was done when i when i saw that um and i was really disappointed very disappointed of some of the mps who voted no why would you vote no like why would you why would you say yeah it's always okay mm -hmm. i mean and one of them one of them who was in charge of the canada disability benefit really and the new one really you know who you are and yeah. this is my opinion okay like i'm just saying it's my just my my personal opinion and so they you know they can't go back they can't go back after me and say hey you know like we're we're gonna we're gonna go after you because you said this this is my own personal opinion of well, should you not vote in favor of protecting citizens lives and giving them the proper financial support that's all canadians with disabilities are asking for yeah. why you promised it though you promised it you don't just say something and they go ah yeah you know what i changed my mind no but you promised it people's and, lives and it was promised 13 years ago with the crpd <laughs> right you know exactly. it's, it's like that 13 year engagement you know i i promise that i will yeah. marry you one day yeah, but 13, don't worry. 13 years and counting, you know. And here's and here's the the sad part is that the provincial governments have been waiting. They've been waiting on the on the federal government mm -hmm. because they said they were going to do this. So they think, okay, we don't we don't have to now raise the rates up to a uh, up to a livable income. Mm -hmm. When I say livable income, I mean there's the there's the poverty line in the sands that they just draw a line. This is the poverty level. Is it MBM? Is it Lyco? Okay, you know, I, I know um, Jeff, Jeff uh, you know, awesome, right? Mm -hmm. um, and Jeff is advocating uh, to get our incomes up to no less than the poverty level of Canada. 
Now, there's the MBM formula, then there's the LICO formula. MBM is the lesser, mm -hmm. is the lesser. And the government loves, government don't care what level of government it is, they'll, they love to go with the lesser. No, let's go with the lesser. They don't need more, they don't need to live. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, let's go and buy a cappuccino today. Oh, let's go and buy some uh, avocado toast. I mean, yeah, what? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, uh, let's go up to uh, Burger King. Oh, what the heck, hey? Oh, yeah. Gee whiz. Well, no. you know, uh, to, on tomorrow's uh, special broadcast, and I, I don't, again, I don't want to give too much of it away. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it is going to be with Dan Trace, and he's going to be broadcasting from a very special location, and it's going to mm -hmm. be top secret until we launch. But, oh, yeah. And again, we don't, even, we don't even know exactly when he's going to launch. It's going to be sometime between 8.30 and 9 Pacific, so that would be, yeah. you know, maybe 11.30 or... 12 noon Eastern, somewhere, yeah. somewhere in there, ballparkish. Um, yeah. But, but we're basically, or you know, he's basically going to be, be talking. I think, uh, kind of what we're, we're talking about now, uh, mm -hmm. right, accountability in government because it's so huge, right? I mean, oh, we have yes. people that are voted in, and and their one job is to be the voice. Of the people, there is not. They're not. They're not. They're. They're not their own voice. I mean, they they like to be their own voice sometimes, but they're not supposed yeah. to be their own voice. They're supposed to be the voice of the people. Yep. And, they're supposed to be their And and that's where the accountability gets missed. I think is that some of them forget why they're there. They're they're not mm -hmm. there. They're not there for themselves. They're there for us. And They're for, elected officials to represent uh, the constituents in their community, mm -hmm. uh, and that's why they got voted in. Now, if the party, the party brass, basically tells them, "No, you're not allowed to advocate uh, what's best for uh, of your constituents, what's in people in your community," there's a problem there. Big problem. Uh, yeah, a huge problem. Now, uh, you know, is it or is it the stakeholders that are telling the party brass, "No, you can't do that." Okay, well then I want I want the stakeholders, I want the shareholders, I want them all. Just come on to a Zoom. Like I invite you to come on to the show and let's have a round table. Like we have round tables each every Monday now, um, folks. So if you're listening to this and um, I don't know how many more round uh, how many more people chairs we could gather up around the round table, um, but uh, we have a nice group that uh, we have and we we talk about uh, basic income. We talk about different viewpoints about UBI, basic income, GLBI, just different viewpoints on how do we get to um, to having the proper income for Canadians with disabilities in Canada. Um, and everyone has their different viewpoints. And I, that's why I find so interesting with the uh, podcast that we do here. I, I hear different viewpoints of people um, of what they want to see happen, um, lived experience. Everyone has their own individual lived experience of what goes on in their life or what do what do they see um from a different uh, lens from uh from uh, say an ally who knows somebody who has a disability or how it impacts their lives uh, maybe a family member um so whoever it may be i mean definitely if you want to join in our roundtable uh, you think hey glbi that's great we can have other roundtable discussions too like so i welcome like um and i feel, I feel like a cheerleader Give me a G. Yeah. Give yeah. me an L. 
Give me a B. B. Give me an I. Give me an I. G L B I. And then, yeah, we, then we can do one for Derb. Give me a yeah. D. E. Give me an E. Give me an R. Give me a B. Give it all. Yeah, there you Promise. go. Promises. How about, how about promises? Yeah. How, yeah. how about uh, we can CRPD because you promised it CR 13 years ago. 13 years ago. Yay, 13. <laughs> and there's still no commitment. There's still oh, no, no accountability in governments. Because accountability doesn't matter. It's all talk. It's all talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. that's when it comes to um, roundtables. I mean, uh, if you know, somebody like to uh, come on and uh, organize uh, with us uh, a roundtable, uh, whatever it is, if it's housing, is it transportation, is it about income, is it about accessibility of how like housing, is it uh, about businesses that don't have the uh, the proper. Um, uh, adaptive uh, platforms to go up on to a mobile uh, scooter, uh, mobile device getting in, uh, or the doors not equipped to uh, getting you into that business. What would you like to see? Like we can make round tables based on so many di different discussions. Uh, I think that would be fantastic as an add on to we can the even, show. I can even call it the square table. Yeah, we can call it the square table instead <laughs> of round table. We could call it the, uh, we could call it rectangle, rectangle table, uh, whatever we want to call the, it. The table um, of the table of misfit toys, as I like to say sometimes. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and then next uh, part I want to jump into is uh, uh, quickly is about transportation. Now, everyone who listens to me rant and rave about transportation, uh, yeah, I, I'm really um, eager to get a lot of the infrastructure fixed uh, when it comes to people being able to get from one community to another one. I mean, really? Why can't you get from one community to another one? You can go too, but you can't get back to the community that you left from. Now, we've got a huge systemic uh, problem when it comes to uh, transit, uh, about accessibility issues here. Um, just recently, uh, I was, uh, Sonia and myself, uh, we went to the BC legislature in Victoria the last two days. Uh, we actually went on the uh, Gee, we went on uh, Wednesday and Thursday of this week. Yeah, we showed our faces around, and then we're going to show our faces again next did, Tuesday. Did you show your face with the with the uh, unicorn bag? Did you put the unicorn bag in front of your face? Oh Say yes, hi, yes. Huh? Oh, hi there, everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who am I going to be today? I'm going to be this one, or am I going to be this person? Because <laughs> it changes, it right? Changes. Uh, but getting getting back to that, just being silly uh, for myself. However, being there advocating, uh, we bumped into uh, who do we? Sonia, who did we? We bumped into uh, the mayor, didn't we? The former mayor. We bumped into the former mayor. That's right, the former mayor of Victoria, uh, Lisa Helps, and uh, we we mentioned uh, I introduced her myself. She's like, oh hi, and then Lisa. And she, she was walking with another person along a. Uh, um, walkway up to the cenotaph because we had the great shakeout yesterday um, at uh, BC legislature and so everyone had to evacuate the building right before a question period that they had a statement and then we all had to leave and uh, for a while and then you know just go outside and and I called uh, Lisa I said, that looks like Lisa she didn't know who I was and I called her out and she said, yes she turned off and because she was walking another lady and I said uh yeah, I was just wondering, I want to introduce uh, myself. Uh, so I introduced myself and Sonia introduced herself and 
Um, so I said, we're, we're self-advocates. Oh, okay. So I told her about the podcast here. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I said, yeah, I mean, I, you know, this is what we, we talk about, lived experience. And we talk about homelessness and uh, transportation, income inequality. I didn't really get into a lot of stuff with her. But as soon as I mentioned the keyword homelessness, I really got her attention fast. Mm-hmm. Because she's such a um, quite an advocate when it comes to uh, homelessness in her city. I also brought the attention about transportation, which that's what I'm going to be talking about next. Is that uh, I said um, we can't get to and from uh, Duncan. Sonia made a good uh, point, um, which uh, I'll, I'll speak uh, unless she uh, she wants to say uh, what she said to Lisa. <laughs> Uh, did you want to say, Sonia, or did you want me to? Uh, you, you mentioned about, about uh, Thanksgiving. Oh, that was Sheila. Yeah, yeah, I know. But over to Lisa, uh, we also mentioned to Sheila too, but we couldn't get to and from the community. Um, yeah, she was um, quite perplexed that you couldn't get back from uh, from Duncan back to Victoria. I said, you can get to, you just can't get back from that community. Oh, well, then we, we need to get that fixed. I go... Right, right. I said, um, we moved here over two years ago uh, when you were mayor. And I, so I kind of left it at, at that. It's, uh, I, I, it was kind of like a, a kind of a job of saying, well, yeah, but we moved here. Yeah, well, when you were mayor, we were advocating about that at that time. But yeah. that's, that's fine. That's fine. Um, but going forward, I'm going to make sure that the current mayor knows that transportation needs to be fixed. Um, I have brought this forward to the transportation minister. Um, and um, one of our guests that we've had actually on our on the podcast, Neil, um, Sonia Personal, I know that she's been really advocating about uh, getting uh, the uh, BC I w- Transit. I would love to have her back on again because uh, oh yeah, she's she hasn't been on since uh, since a reboot here on uh, on YouTube, and I would just yeah, yeah love to be able to actually see her face to face. It'd be great. Yeah, definitely, uh, and she's a strong advocate when it comes to getting the proper transportation to and from the community. And, and we bumped into Sheila Malcolmson, too, uh, at the BC Ledge, uh, which is wonderful. Uh, mm-hmm. She was like, wow, she was so happy to see us. And we were talking to some other MLAs. And then you know, she went by us, and then she came back again. Oh, you're still here. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, and uh, we we brought up the topic where Sonia had uh, mentioned to Sheila Malcolmson that just recently we had uh, Thanksgiving. We had to turn down the invitation uh, about going to her parents for Thanksgiving because we couldn't get back from Nanaimo. We could get from Victoria to Nanaimo uh, and connect up to a bus in Duncan, which is it's about an hour and 25 minute uh, transit ride from here, from Victoria to Duncan. Mm-hmm. And then you connect up in Duncan to a bus that goes to Nanaimo, which is an hour and 10 minute bus ride from Duncan. So we could get there, but we couldn't get back uh, on the same day. Yeah, there's only one bus in the morning, folks, that leaves BC uh, Nanaimo uh, in the morning. It's 7.57 a.m. That is the last bus that's going to get you as a connection to get to Victoria. Like, it'll go to Duncan. It gets there at uh, 9.07, and then you leave at 9.26, I believe it is, and then you can get out to uh, now Victoria. At one time, we kept pushing the transit on that because I said, you can't get back. So what it was is that Duncan actually, Cowichan Transit, changed their system because I kept pushing them on it. I said, well, you can't get back. So they, they tweaked it a little bit. Oh, okay, well, now, now you can get back. 
only if you leave at 757 from Nanaimo in the morning. But you have to get down to the bus exchange for 757 in the morning. So if you're staying somewhere, visiting, now you have to get on drive uh, at, say, quarter after 7 in the morning. And then, yeah, you know, so if you're, you're um, if she's staying at her, at her parents' Well, now they have to inconvenience her parents to get us down to the bus exchange for that time in the morning. Uh, you know, that's not really fair, you know, because uh, you can't go later in the day. There are other buses that leave Nanaimo later in the day, but uh, they won't connect up with the last bus that leaves Duncan at 9.26 in the morning. That bus from Dun from Cowichan, Duncan, I call it, was, uh, they had uh, four of them in the morning. They took the first one away in the morning. Of them, so they have three of them, and they put that first one. They pushed it forward to nine twenty-six. So they really did not, Neil. They really did not improve the transit amount of buses going out. Yeah. That same bus will go and get to Victoria at uh, ten forty-five in the morning. It parks there until uh, until after one o'clock in the in the afternoon, and it comes back at one fifteen. So bus driver has like over a three-hour break. And people then wonder, okay, well, what? Okay, what's Brent talking about here? What about the other three buses? Well, the other three buses left Duncan in the morning. Now they're but parked there is, for the this day. This is like a math problem. Yeah. If car A, if bus A yeah. leaves the station at nine fifteen, <laughs> and bus and B, the <laughs> bus B parks there for the day and it leaves there later in the day. So they're parked there really on average. I, I think I calculated between eight and nine hours. And I told Sonia's parents this and they said, say what? Oh yeah, they're, they're parked there for the day, folks. Like they'll leave Duncan at five something in the morning. That's the dollar. And they're parked there until like the, the first bus that one leave at nine. Uh, not, I'll have to get that right. It's either 923 or 926. I just haven't really looked at it carefully, but anyway. We're whatever. not gonna call you a liar over three minutes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But anyway, it's you know that bus leaves at uh, that one leaves at uh, at one one forty five in the afternoon. Now the other ones that I'm referring to, the other three buses that leave Cowichan, okay, they're parked there until a three uh, three forty five. Three forty five. Now which one was it? Which little culprit was it of those three buses in the morning? Oh, was it the first escapee that leaves gets to leave at three forty five, and then, then the other ones leave after, right? So. Yeah, the other bus driver meets some. The other one, hey guys, are you enjoying your day? Hey, I only get to have a three-hour break. You guys get to be here all day. What were you doing all day? Driving another BC Transit bus in Victoria? I don't know. Yeah. But so, so anyway, Sonia's mom. She was trying to figure out why we still can't get back. She goes, "But you got back before you came by to visit." And I said, yeah, I did like a breaking with Brent. She goes, yeah, I remember. I remember you showing me the video. I go, yeah. I said, my voyage from Victoria to Duncan and then to Nanaimo. And then we came back. Remember that other segment I did about the breaking with Brent? Yeah. She goes, so you, you made it back. I go, right. And Sonia made a point to her mom and said, yes, but we came back on a Saturday. Yeah. So if you want to come back any time during the day, you can come back on a Saturday. But you can't during the weekday unless you leave at 7.57. So during the daytime, you're, you are stranded. You are now bound in that community. You can't leave that community to get back. Mm -hmm. There we got a problem there. I need to get this fixed. And it's really you not have, You have a built-in vacation of six or seven days before you can, can leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you have to inconvenience uh, basically her parents of staying, staying there for that time frame. And it's not fair to them. 
Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's uh, definitely not. I mean, imagine, you know, if you want to be homeless for six days instead, I mean, yeah, I mean, you guess you could do that. Or you could, technically. And now I phoned up the transit. Get this, you guys, listen, listening to this podcast. I was told by Cowichan Transit and Victoria Transit, same wording, identical wording. Talk to Cowichan said, talk to Victoria Transit. Victoria says, talk to Cowichan because Cowichan provides a service. But what they also both told me in two different wording in two different statements was, well, you could go from Nanaimo, you could go from there once you're there and go and take BC ferries from Nanaimo over to uh, Horseshoe Bay and then take the bus from Horseshoe Bay into downtown Vancouver, take that bus uh, and uh, from there and jump onto the Canada line and take it out to Bridgeport Station and go from Bridgeport Station out to Tawasson or Sawasson, however you want to pronounce it, and then take BC ferries from Sawasson out to Swartz Bay and then take the number 70 or 72 bus from Swartz Bay into downtown Victoria. That will probably take you about eight or nine hours, but you could do it. I said, right, and that's going to cost me a hell of a lot more money. It's going to cost me uh, about almost 19 something dollars per person to do that. Mm -hmm. So almost $80. They said, okay, uh, that's right, that's right. Um, yeah. And they said, or oh, you could take the uh, Island Link bus. I said, yeah, that's $75 per person. That'll take us from Nanaimo to Victoria. I said, but better yet, why don't you just provide service? Because I can tell you from uh, Coquitlam, British Columbia, to Chilliwack, BC Transit runs across different uh, municipalities, different cities. And they now they came to the, the, the uh, great understanding that to provide adequate transit for their commuters all the way through. And it's not just a commuter service, Neil. It's, it runs throughout the day, mm -hmm. back and forth. Imagine and that. What a concept. Yeah. yeah. So, and that, that one there, like I used to take it from Carvolf and Langley when I lived in Langley once upon a time, uh, we used to love going out to- uh, I know, I know Carvolf, because that's, from, that's yeah. from where my parents live, right right there. Yeah, and so they have a huge uh, bus exchange there, and uh, that was one of our favorite areas to go, because we could go right up to Chilliwack and jump on the number 66 all the way to Chilliwack. And uh, that's something that is a, it's a great adventure, um, because it feels like you're going away somewhere. You actually feel like, oh, hey, I want an adventure. You're taking a transit bus all the way out, hour and 10 minutes, you guys, on the transit from Carvel to Chilliwack and now starts in Coquitlam. So now from the SkyTrain, so now it's going through, so it's another about 25 minute add-on to that. If they can provide, BC Transit can provide that, they can provide a direct service from Victoria right to Duncan and connect up to Campbell River, Colmox, uh, Courtney, wherever it is, right? It can be done. Um, it's all that political uh, red tape that just needs to be cut. Mm -hmm. I can get scissors. You guys need some scissors. I can I can get a pair. I'm probably going to Dollarama. I can get a pair of scissors. <clears throat> cut I'm, for that I'm still waiting for Skytrain to come out to Newton. Well, apparently, apparently <laughs> there is there is plans of an, um, uh, a rapid bus. They're they're planning on doing an um, LRT. I think uh, that's what I heard in the vision uh, ten year yeah. vision plan. But well, first, I mean, they were going to do a a light rail. Originally, they were, they got and, then, and then it got scrapped. By the and I was mayor. so sad, though. I was like, "Oh crap!" I was like, so I looking mean, forward to it. 
I remember the day, Neil, I was sitting, I was living, I was streaming. Uh, the, the words that came out of my mouth, I was, I was watching a live stream on a, a trans, they had a transit uh, debate um, and the chair for the, for the transit, uh, uh, Mayor Cote, I think it was, um, what his name, uh, he was actually in charge of it. Jonathan Cote, uh, he was actually the chair uh, of the, for the transit. <laughs> and they had uh, the mayor. Um, well, we, we know who the mayor of Surrey was. Mm -hmm. uh, well, the, the yeah. new mayor of Surrey is not winning my vote now either because she's like uh, digging her heels in about the the police, you know, and and it's just oh, like, yeah. you know, this decision's already been made about Surrey getting its own police force, and she's like, no. You know, and she's costing the... I mean, my taxes were so bad this year. I can't imagine yeah. what they're going to... Next year, there's just going to be gross. And, gonna be and, so much, and, uh, it's, and it's all because of her. She's saying, you know, I promised that we'd go back to the RCMP. Well, that's, that ship has sailed, as, as, as we say. But she doesn't... She, she doesn't want to yeah. admit that it sailed, that, that we're going to go... To, and get our uh, you know a Surrey police force. It's like no, I want RCMP still. Ah. That, that's, that's like the, that's like the uh, like the ferries now sailed away and and now we we need to swim behind it because no, I need to get on that ferry. I need to, but you're not going to make it on that ferry. Yes, I will. Damn it, I need to get on that ferry. <laughs> and meanwhile, they're saying captain saying, hey, we're we're full steam ahead. Who's that behind there? We can't turn around and go back now. Uh, yeah, we'll just get a lifeboat and we'll throw another. Here, here, jump in. Uh, you know, so the, the fact on, on that is the light rail could have happened in Surrey. The previous mayor said, ran on the platform, said no. If he was elected, he was going to, uh, he was going to scrap that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, um, but he said he, he could build, he could build a SkyTrain. He could do it cheaper. He scrapped that whole plan, and uh, it, was, it would have already been built. It would have, yeah. I saw the plan. It, it would have been, been, been great. Surrey Center all the way to Newton, and then from Surrey Center all the way to Guilford, and it was going to interconnect, and then it was going to go from there all the way down into Langley Center, and it would have all been built by now, and now they had to completely scrap it because he said, the mayor said, if you, if any of you vote down what, what my decision is, uh, don't go, if you don't do it my way, then I will vote it down. I will vote it down, and they needed his vote. So they had no choice but to do it, and uh, so they said, um, like the whole thing would have been completely scrapped, like if they didn't go with, with and, his and this, idea. This gets back to government accountability. We're talking about yeah. yep. municipal governments now, and right. it's like you know where the leaders in government are saying that they're they're putting themselves ahead of the public voters, and that's not proper. The because um, I remember in uh, in the meeting where it was uh, I was saying that oh well we can build the SkyTrain from Surrey Center from people that are familiar with the Lower Mainland uh, British Columbia uh, from King George Station and so we can build the uh, we can build the SkyTrain from King George Station to Langley Center uh, which is I think eighteen kilometers I believe in length give or take. It's still, you know, it's um, it's a definitely a journey on a bus, especially in rush hour. And when I lived out there, it was starting to get busier. 
and now it's even extremely busy apparently. So they desperately need um, that LRT, but now they're going to go with SkyTrain because the mayor said it was cheaper. Well, no, Mr. Mayor, uh, previous mayor, and uh, huh, sorry to sorry to burst your bubble, but guess what? The price now for that SkyTrain is way up there. But he said he could have built the same, get that same SkyTrain or uh, built for the price of the uh, Evergreen Line. That was the argument that Evergreen Line that they was built. Yeah, it was going to be the same price, and all the mayors said no. There was no way that it was going to get built for that. That was a different time era when the building costs were actually lower. Mm -hmm. And as things get delayed, guess what happens, folks? It's like housing. It gets yeah. delayed. Guess what? It gets more expensive, more expensive, more expensive. Mm -hmm. I know that by talking to developers too. And when I was so livid, when I when I heard that, I'm like, you're going to collapse a whole project that could have helped people in the communities get to and from where they need to go to. Um, the capital projects would have been a hell of a lot cheaper. It would have already been done, opened up. But now you affect businesses, people's lives, all because of what? just because you want to get voted in. I mean, there's a difference between just getting voted in and trying your best. You do the best you can and say, look, I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to try. Um, I, I'll, I'll promise something. Um, but I, if I don't succeed, you know, I, I will say, hey, I, this is what I promised to do. But uh, I wasn't able to succeed on that. But at least uh, I would say I tried. But some of them won't even do that. They'll just get in and this is what I'm going to do, right? Give them, crazy give them back their bus pass. Give, give them back, back their bus, their bus pass. pass. It's, it's the basic essential things, <laughs> of, of the basic means of service to get you from point A to point B. And then it's like, whoops, did I say that? Did, did I, I say actually, that? Did I actually oh. say that? Did well, I? Don't worry, don't worry. It's, <laughs> uh, the other government, they dismantled the whole computer operating <laughs> system. But hey, but that's okay. Seniors still have theirs. <laughs> anyway, I, I was, yeah. you know, Brent, <laughs> we've been on for almost an hour and a half. And this is yeah. <laughs> and this is only going to supposed to be like a fifteen minute quickie. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I shouldn't say quickie, uh, but a fifteen minute uh, mini podcast. But uh, yeah, we've been on for an hour. That's and okay. Half. So uh, I, I didn't know if you want to yeah. wrap it up, or if, did you want to mention uh, who might be a, a future minister coming on? Because I think you were kind of maybe maybe yeah, going I was down uh, that path, especially when I was talking about transportation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Definitely a future minister. I'm really excited to, to have a minister coming on talking about transportation. Um, someone that I've been trying to get onto the show for quite some time. And uh, ironically, I bumped into, Sonia and I bumped into the minister uh, at the BC legislature yesterday. And, and Honorable Minister uh, uh, Malcolmson uh, saw us talking to the minister who that I'm going to mention that's going to be coming on to the show. I just don't know exactly when, but the uh, the minister does want to come on to the show. And of course, Minister Malcolmson said, oh, no, no, she says, I was supposed to introduce Sonia. Sorry, Brent, I'm so sorry. I'm, I was supposed to introduce you to him. And then mm. meanwhile, the guy's right there. I said, it's okay, Sheila. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's not okay, Brent. She started saying, no, it's not. I said, Sheila, it's okay. <laughs> I, I introduced I introduced myself to to the uh, to the gentleman. And his name is uh, um, Honorable Dan Courtier. 
and uh, he's going to be coming on to uh, to our show onto the, onto our podcast. It's, it's um, Dan Coulter, isn't it? Coulter. Is Coulter, that uh, Coulter, 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 I, Is is that how pronounce it? Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure on the pronunciation no. actually. Yeah, I thought it was Dan I, Coulter, but I I, I could be wrong. Might, I could be wrong. I'm yeah, not very I, good I, with I, pronunciations, so. Me too. I, I, <laughs> I messed up that I messed up that one guest that I had on from uh, back east, uh, you know, Ontario. <laughs> oh boy, that was. Uh, I felt bad. I really felt bad about that. But anyway, we can put his name at the bottom. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> then, but, uh, and then the pronunciation <laughs> won't matter. <It> was... <laughs> and then you know, and I apologize to you, Dan, if I don't pronounce your name right when you come on. You can correct me. You can just get that just whip out and say no, Brent. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, but it's all good. Uh, um, but uh, Sheila um, wanted to introduce uh, uh, Sonia and myself to Dan, and um, it was uh, it's going to be really exciting to have uh, Dan on. And speaking of Dan, uh, Dan Davies, uh, Honorable Minister Dan Davies, I bumped into Dan too, uh, and Dan's going to be uh, wanting to come back to the show, Neil. Um, I just don't know when, um, maybe in about three weeks to a month from now, uh, probably sometime in later November, would probably be a good time we're going to get him on. Um, Dan's is going through some uh, some other personal stuff right now, so he's not going to be able to make it on. I will be seeing him at the BC Legislature next week sometime, but I just don't know when uh, family stuff he's got to deal with. Uh, and that's okay, um, but it's, I'm looking forward to having him on. Uh, he's... Dan uh, Dan Davies, as everyone knows, is a uh, is the official opposition critic for the minister uh, Ministry of Social Development and Poverty Reduction. Who the minister who I've had on, which is the current government, uh, Honorable Sheila Malcolmson. You know what would be a fun for, show? Yes, is to have Sheila, Sheila and, and Dan and Dan on the Dan same show. Wouldn't, oh, that, wouldn't oh. that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. I wonder if they would do it. I th- honestly, honestly, yeah. I think I think it would honestly be a great show, wouldn't it? Though. Oh, that would to, that to, would to have fun. that like a a tent a tent where they where they where they ex- have their two position, positions and oh. uh, you know like yeah. just just have a like, a, like a, a, a civil <laughs> sit down conversation. I, I think yeah. it'd be awesome. I, I don't know. Like I, a, I don't know if they would go for it, but it would be great. Almost like a, almost like a question period. Eh? No, I, <laughs> I, I, I would love that. Oh, that'd be great. And it's almost like when I, I look back at retro uh, retro time. I look back and when they had the minister of social development and poverty reduction. Actually, back then they called it minister of social development and um, and innovation. Yeah, and and that's when West when um, yeah minister Stillwell. Honorable back then, honorable. Uh, minister and, and, and what was what was in, so innovative? What was so innovative about taking away a forty-five dollar bus pass? Right. Yeah. When they had Minister <laughs> uh, uh, Mongol, Michelle Mongol, and Minister yeah. uh, Michelle Stillwell. Mm-hmm. One was the one was the opposition critic, and the other one yep. was the current government. Now, having those two going at it about the bus pass. Say, why did you take away the bus pass? The two Michelles, yeah. Yes, and it was it was fairness and equity in the system. She says, well, how fair is that? Where now you've got the disabled uh, on the bottom of the steps of the BC legislature out there. We were we were uh, rallying and protesting to give back the bus pass. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. I remember that. Where were you? Where were you? You yeah. know. Yeah. Now I fast forward, but hey, yeah. disabled have the choice of fifty-two dollars, have a bus pass, you know, have it, or just take the money. Yeah, we're we're, uh, gi we're giving you the choice. You all, it's all about choices, right? Yeah. It's all about choices. Do you want you know, to eat? Or do you want to be able to afford a bus pass to take you to a, to take you place to a food where bank you can, yes, where you, where can, you can get, maybe get food? Maybe get food, but you may not get the healthy food that you yeah. want. You may get fresh, you may not. But if you take away that bus pass because, hey, you need to go to another medical appointment, now I need to use a cab because that transportation didn't get me to where the bus needed me to go. So now you opt out. Now you need to go to the food bank. Well, I can't even get to that food bank. Mm -hmm. I can't get to the grocery store. How do you how do you get your stuff? Uh, I don't know. Just give them the bus pass. They're always going to have it. And then just give them the $52. So now they've got that as an option where they can go and use it for the other transportation. Gee. You know, that's the thing that kind of bugs me about the whole thing. It's like they take something yeah. away and it's just like, well, if it doesn't, if it doesn't work for you, you know, you can, you can figure it out. And it's, you know, yeah. it's like, uh, you know, it's not, it's not our responsibility to figure it yeah. out. You can or figure you, it out. Or you can apply for a, or you can apply for a crisis supplement, yeah. but then you have to prove why, why do you need that crisis supplement? How come you're not budgeting your money better? Yeah. Why do you need that crisis supplement? Oh, don't you have a bus pass? Well, I opted out. Why? Because yeah. I needed the money. Why? I needed to buy fresh vegetables. I need to buy groceries. Oh, you can't go to a food bank? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. wow. It's a very but, circular, uh, very circular yeah, argument. Yeah. It's like chasing, chasing the tail back <laughs> and around and around. But yeah. with that being said, um, well, I'll do another segment, everyone, um, regarding uh, this kind of an overview. Every so often, I'll just do a, kind of a catch-up of, current events, what's going on, talk about just different lived experience, things that are going through. Uh, yeah, and I look forward to uh, anyone wanting to come on to the show, re reach out to uh, myself or Neil, and uh, they definitely there's uh, our email addresses uh, are there. I mean, you can put them on the bottom of the screen. I, or... I'm going to actually turn this into a, I, like, like I said, this was only going to be a 10 or 15 minute <laughs> <laughs> yes, a little blurb, almost an advertisement. Yeah. but we've kind of expanded it into a whole show now. Yeah. So I'm just gonna post it as a show, and yeah. Uh, yeah, and so I'll have my we'll have the addresses at the bot at the at the end. Right at the bottom, right? Yeah, right at the bottom there. At the end and screen, just... we'll do we'll do a beginning screen and an end screen like we usually do it. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. and um... oh, most definitely. There's you know, if you want to be a guest on the show, talk about lived experience. If, if you have an idea about a round table, uh, definitely uh, let us know. Uh, I'd be more than happy to set up a round table of, you know, having too many at a round table, it can get really. Um, I would like to have maybe maybe Jennifer come maybe, on, actually. Maybe reach out to De yeah. Jennifer and see if she can come on. Yeah, definitely. Should, um, should we can be. make a round table of uh, whatever the discussion is of that topic. You know, we can have maybe five or six people. Uh, we have. Our round table that we have right now about uh, GLBI and basic income UBI, like I said earlier in the podcast. Um, but we can have other uh, round tables of is it about transportation? Is it about housing? Because housing is a hot topic. I'd love a whole bunch of different topics. And uh, I think it could really get 
a lot more people involved in the, uh, the disability advocacy um, and about lived experience uh, because it affects everybody, everyone in, in Canada. It doesn't matter who it is. You can be born with a disability. You will get a disability further in life. You can get multiple disabilities. Um, you can get uh, hidden disabilities. Um, yeah, I mean, and we're going to talk more in diving into that in another segment. Definitely. I think uh, maybe for the next round table, because we have been so focused right, right now, we're talking about accountability, basically, right? Government yes. accountability. And I know tomorrow we'll probably be talking about that as well. And then so mm -hmm. I can see kind of Monday kind of kind of jumping off and talking about that as well. Like we'll, I think we're just going to keep going down that rabbit hole of, uh, you know, yeah. Making, yeah, sure, definitely. making sure the governments that are elected are actually not elected for themselves, but elected for the people that actually elected them. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, having a, a roundtable discussion about accountability. Mm -hmm. You yeah. nailed that one, Neil. Yeah. 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 That'd be good. But I want to thank everyone for uh, you know, tuning in today. Uh, it's been a, been a fabulous show. And you know, thanks for tuning in to Canadians with Disabilities and their Allies. My name is Brent. I'm your host. And thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning in today, everyone. And we're out. And we're out.